1: Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're halfway through the preseason and the roster is settling into place. We'll talk about the state of the Blue Jackets this far into training camp and tackle the next division in our series of previews, the Central. I am Ryan Real. Joining us tonight, we've got Elaine Shercliffe. Hi, Elaine.
2: Hi, Ryan.
1: We've got Eric Seeds. Hey, Seeds. Hey, guys. How's it going? And we've got William Chase. Hey, Will. Hey, Ryan. So, we are halfway through the preseason. The Jackets have three more games as of this recording left in the preseason, and we had some Monday roster cuts. Marcus Hannakainen, Zach Daupy, Ryan McInnes, and Adam Clendenning going down along with Doral Summerby and Vin- Vinny Velevinen. Of course, the first four guys have to clear waivers. I do want to give Pale Dragon some props and cannon blast today. He predicted that Hannakainen would go back to Cleveland. So, that leaves a couple guys still on the roster who maybe. Are surprising to be here at this point, including Emil Benstrom, Marco Dano, Jakob Lluya, Sonny Milano, and on the defensive side, Andrew Peek's still here, as well as Vladislav Gavrikov. So what do we make of that? Anybody saw this coming? I know we were high on Benstrom, but what do you make of this right now? Uh, Will, we'll start with you.
3: Yeah, so um, you mentioned uh Lilia, and I recapped yesterday's game. So I mean, I'm sure his three point two goal game only helped his cause as far as at least staying for now. I don't know. Even John Grand Pierre after the game, who was on the radio, uh, said, you know. I don't know if he's going to make the roster, but you know he might be a guy to look for. Um, I don't think he will. I mean, I don't know, but he, he at least you know was able to stay around for now. I don't think really any real surprises. Because I mean, guys like Hannah Kynan, um, you know, they'll they'll be the extras that you can probably expect to come up at some point this year, whether you know injury or. Things like that, but um, I think for me, I don't think I'm really surprised. I don't know about you guys. I don't think Bemstrom still being up there surprises me because it seems like he could be that guy on the power play, maybe. I was looking at some Brian Hedger tweets from earlier about the rosters, and he kind of likened Bemstrom to kind of like that square peg. You know, he can bring some really good attributes as far as being on the power play, but how much do they want to go with his game just for that maybe that particular reason if it's not really if it's not the right role like he was on the fourth line for instance so kind of interesting i guess it'll just kind of play out as far as the right fit and what he might bring versus if it was better off for him maybe to be in cleveland you know going forward
0: yeah i'm not really surprised with anyone who is still up here andrew peak might be the most surprising i guess given that how many blue liners the blue jackets have on this uh Team including Scott Harrington and Dean Kukan and Vladislav Gavrikov. However, there was a there was a report from the Athletics Pierre LeBron that said uh the Jackets are looking to uh move a defenseman. And his sense was that uh it would uh Murray or Savard, depending on if teams were looking for a left-handed or right-handed defenseman. Murray's a lefty, Savard's a righty. Um, so they might just be wanting to keep Peek around in case they do make a move here before the season starts, but yeah, I'm not really surprised with anyone who's still up here. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised with uh, Lilia since since he's been here. He's he's looked really well, really good. Showed well in camp. I've been a little concerned with uh, the play of Elvis Merzlikens, but it's still the preseason. It's not really you know, it's preseason hockey. We we won't know actually anything about Elvis until the season starts. I feel like so. I guess we'll see going forward.
2: I didn't know what to expect from preseason. I'm a little surprised that they sent Cole Sherwood down so fast since he was doing so well. I assumed he was coming down because they would want him to play because there's not a spot for him uh, in that specific – like in his specific role. It seems to be taken by like a uh, Josh Anderson or – so – I think he'll be down for a little bit until he just, like, amazes everyone. And with Sonny, I have a feeling part of the reason why they still have him up while he's been doing well, I think it's to boost his trade value. I have a feeling that Mm. people still might want him. So, I I don't know. I just have a feeling about that. Although, I would love to see him succeed and stay up and, and do well with the team. I mean, he needs to have his coming out year this year or else I think he's just going to be an AHL bubble player for the rest of his career, kind of like a Zach Dalby. So yeah, not too many surprises.
1: Elaine, you were excited about Hannah Kynan coming down today.
2: (laughs) I was so excited. Hanny is the most laid back person in the locker room. He is super friendly and super nice. I am excited mostly because he will be a dream to have in post game pressers and at media day. I think he'll have a lot to offer the team as well. He's just like good guy Marcus Hannahkinen, so it's I'm super excited.
0: <laughs> I, for one, am glad he'll actually get to play this year down in Cleveland rather than just spending 70 games in the press box. Yeah, because I I always feel I always feel really bad for him that. He's just sitting up there while some other guys are in the lineup and uh, struggling mightily. Yeah, no one benefits just sitting in the press box.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, Handy's the kind of guy, though, who's like, he doesn't care what line he plays on. He doesn't care. He just wants to play. He doesn't care if it's in the AHL or the NHL. Even when he'd been sent down or started out with the Monsters before and he knew he was good enough for the NHL, he was just like, I'm so good to play hockey every day. So that that kind of attitude is a good attitude. <laughs> I was surprised that Andrew Peak wasn't sent down before some of the veterans that were sent down. I'm not I mean, he's good. I'm just not sure if he's NHL good yet. Maybe he is. Maybe they're just trying to get a better look at him. Maybe they want to keep him up there for NHL style training. I, I'm not really sure about that. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out though.
1: For sure. It's been fun to watch. And if you are listening to this podcast and do not follow us at thecannonjacketscanon.com we are having previews and recaps of every preseason game and there's a lot of great discussion in the comments. So come over, check that out. We will be doing that for the rest of the preseason as well as the regular season and the playoffs and the offseason. And, you know, whenever the Jackets do something. Okay, so last week we started our NHL division previews with the Pacific. This week we're going to move on to the Central, which was a, which was an interesting division last year. Uh, some teams that, that have reliably been playoff Wars faltered a little bit, and competition's going to be rough coming into this season with some, some big additions all over the division. Let's start the way we did last week, going in reverse order, starting with number seven, the Minnesota Wild, 83 points. They went a little bit older this year. They got Matt Zuccarello, Ryan Hartman, and they lose some youth. They do add a new general manager in Bill Guerin. What do we make of the wild?
0: Yeah, I've got a question. Why the hell did they sign Matt Zuccarello? Like, what does that do for that roster? Devin Dubnik, old. Miko Koivu, old. Ryan Suter, old. Zach Parise, old. And let's sign 30-something-year-old Matt Zuccarello to, what, a Four-year deal worth twenty million dollars. I mean, it was. I, I I fundamentally do not. For for the record, we've got our we've got our um, can staff predictions. I'm just going to tell you all right now. Uh, I've got Minnesota last in this division, and I don't think it's going to be real close. I don't know what their plan is. I don't know what they're what they're going for. I I fundamentally do not understand what the Wild are doing in the in the because there's no way unless Devin Dubnik somehow excuse me uh they signed they signed Zucrello to a 5u 5 year 30 million dollar deal and he is uh he was born yeah he's he's old he's like 33 years old i don't understand the point of this contract and i don't understand the point of what the wild are doing so uh dead last in the dead last in the central for me and it's not real close they might be a last place team i'm not really sure it's actually
3: interesting because um So I've mentioned Ryan Quigley Quigley before, who uh, is is part of Knights on Ice. He's also going to be writing about the Wild this year. And he actually mentioned to me the other day, he said they look pretty good with Zuccarello running things. Of course, that's so far in preseason. But I don't know. Maybe the Zuccarello thing will work out in their favor, at least this season and next year. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I don't know if, like you mentioned, uh, Seeds, about Dubnik. I mean, I don't know, when, when the Wild were really good, Dubnik was a, was a, just killing it. And, you know, obviously now, he like you said, he's getting older. So they always seem to be kind of that bubble type of a team, but this might be the year where they don't really... Like last year, I think injuries kind of killed them. They were streaky. They would win four in a row, lose five in a row. So I'm not exactly sure what to expect out of the Wild, but probably not much of a playoff threat.
2: If Zook can stay healthy and if they allow him to quarterback plays, I think they'll be decent. I I don't know if they're gonna be a playoff team unless they all become like Matt Cullen and channel that like old man magic that he did a few years ago. (laughs) Maybe they might be better. I I'm not sure the Wild just haven't been the kind of team that you would be concerned about for quite some time now they've kind of been hanging out in the middle for so long and I I don't know they're maybe seventh this year maybe not dead last wait
0: seventh is maybe
2: maybe six is what I meant
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think Dubnik. If he's still Dubnik, I think that I think they're gonna be okay. I, I I don't have them doing very much. And they were banged up last year, so maybe you know, they stay healthy, maybe they can do some stuff, but agreed, agreed near the bottom. Moving on, Chicago Blackhawks finished one point ahead of the wild last year. They had a great ending to the season. They started to gel and they add a, they added a lot of players over the summer. Calvin Dehan, Olimata, Andrew Shaw, Zach Smith, Robin Laner, Ryan Carpenter, Alex Neilander, and some other guys. They also lost. Some key players and Artem Isimov and Henry Uricaru, Marcus Kruger. Where do we see the Blackhawks?
3: So I actually have a lot of interaction on social media with Blackhawks fans. So I know they're eager to see what the team does. And I do think they're gonna be better, possibly a playoff team, but to me it kind of feels like a kind of a boom or bust situation. But they do have a solid goaltender coming in from the Islanders and Robin Leonard. And of course, a healthy Corey Crawford would definitely go a long way because when he's not there, we've seen their issues in, in goal. I think uh, offensively, they're, they took greater strides with Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrincat, And they had a resurgence from Jonathan Tays and an MVP caliber year with Kane last year. So I think defense is just kind of still the question mark. But I do think they're going to be better and possibly a playoff team
2: yeah I I'm unsure as someone who grew up watching them and a bunch of my friends and I talk about this all the time it we're like they're either going to be towards the bottom or they're going to be like first place that just seems to be what they might be this year it it's so unclear and I think that's what drives me crazy about this team Their defense is spotty. I mean, when they won that first cup in 2010, their defense was really good. And then it was really good in 2013. It was pretty good in 2015, but they don't have a Stanley Cup-style defense right now. And if Corey Crawford stays healthy and Robin Lehner can handle the pressure, they'll be fine. But if either of them cracks during a high intensity game, the other teams can be able to take advantage of it. Cause I, I just don't see the defense being able to step up the forwards though, with the youth combined with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays, it'll be fun to watch because both of those guys thrive off of young guys. who can have fun. So it, It'll be interesting to watch from a forward standpoint. A lot of fun. The defense standpoint. If you're a Blackhawks fan, I feel bad <laughs> that you have to watch that kind of defense.
0: The defense, the defense for Chicago is horrific. Uh, they have the single worst contract for my money in the NHL in that Brent Seabrook deal. He's paid six point eight million every year through two thousand twenty-four, and he has a full full no move clause. Um, that's that's awful. That is an awful, awful deal, and there's no way of getting around that. And uh, he's also got Duncan Keith back there. Those guys, you know, I get paying your guys who helped you win the Cup, you know, giving them the Blackhawk for life contract. But, man, those those deals are hurting that team real bad. And neither of them are going anywhere. My, my biggest concern with the Blackhawks this year is in goal. I don't trust Corey Crawford to stay healthy anymore, frankly. I just... He's had so many injuries over his career, I don't know if he can do it. And then you brought in Robin Lehner on a one-year, $5 million deal, and it's it's a good deal if, if he performs. But we saw what he did last year in a Barry Trotz system, and Barry Trotz's systems in Washington and now in New York are known for protecting their goaltenders and having their defense help out as much as they can. And I just don't know if the Chicago defense is built well enough to – help Laner and Crawford out. So that would be my main concern. I don't think Chicago I personally don't think Chicago is a playoff team this year, but I think they're going to be in a lot of fun high-scoring games for whatever that's worth.
1: I agree with seeds. I'm I'm really worried about the goaltending. I'm not worried because I don't care, but I <laughs> suspect I am suspect of that goaltending. So they they can obviously score. They can score in bunches and they, they I just think they had too many big years. Last year, that I don't know if are, are repeatable. So that's where I stand on the Blackhawks. We are going to take a break when we come back. We're going to finish the Central Division with the remaining five teams in just a moment.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
3: With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.
1: We are back and the Central sent five teams to the playoffs last year. Big one that barely snuck in but managed to do some damage. The Colorado Avalanche finished fifth last year, 90 points, and were the wild card. Took out the flames in the first round. Have a lot of exciting young stars. They made some big additions with Nazem Kadri, Yonis Donskoy, Andre Burakovsky, Pierre-Edouard Belmer, and maybe the biggest one of all, Kevin Connaughton.
0: Yeah, uh, if you guys are ready for my hot take of this podcast, Colorado's winning the Central this year. Mark it down. Okay. They finally have a second line uh, to balance out uh, Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, and Nathan McKinnon. I'm assuming Rantanen gets signed in time for the season. I'm sure he's probably disappointed after seeing Braden Point's contract extension come through. He might not get as much money as he wants, but they have arguably the best top line in hockey. They now have a second line that can balance that out. They've got two def- two young defensemen coming in, in Cale McCarr and Sam Girard. Got secondary secondary help down in the bottom six with Andre Burakovsky, Jonas Donskoy. Colorado is going to be a really really good team this year if Grubauer can provide league average goaltending, those guys are going to tear this league apart. I've got I've got Colorado winning the Central in a walk.
2: I agree with you, scenes. <laughs> a lot of people have said that the team might be a little on the cusp of being too young and too green to to do anything in the past few years, but I think they forget that Jared Bednar is the coach. And if he knows how to do anything, it's to take young guys with a lot of talent or even semi-talent, turn them into something amazing and take older veterans who are on their way out and make them strive for greatness. I mean, then that's basically the avalanche team right there it's going to be really interesting. I have them winning it partially because the jets aren't going to win it. And that's who I felt was their competition. So that's all I really have to say about that.
3: Uh, so I do think that Colorado is definitely a playoff type team as far as, I mean, we know what they bring offensively and as seeds also mentioned, uh, Needing to just have Ratnin re-signed, which obviously should be happening, you would think, fairly quickly now. Um, I mean, I guess... I don't know if goaltending is really a question. I mean, yeah, obviously... Um, they don't have Varlamov. They do have Grubauer still. I think Grubauer is pretty solid. I remember him a lot from his Capitals days, um, obviously. But uh, now Pavel, I'm not sure how you say his name, Frank It looks like he's the backup. And he only has two career games in the NHL, or I should say, yeah, two games. So, yeah, as long as goaltending can, like, you know, I guess be at least league average, Um they shouldn't have much issue, I don't think. But I don't know if, I'm, I'm, if they're going to be my central division winner yet or not. I still, I think the division is still pretty stacked overall, or at least among the three to four teams that I think I have a shot. So to be, I guess, to be continued on that front.
0: Okay, I want to make one. I want to make one last point here. So one last point on the Colorado Avalanche, not notwithstanding the rant and extension, which should come in, I would say somewhere around eight million, given in a little bit more than Point, a little bit less than Marner they will still have six six ish million dollars in cap space this year they can still go out and get someone at the trade deadline this team could be deadly and they still have the single best valued contract in the entire league with nathan mckinnon under contract at 6.3 million through 2023 that the the colorado avalanche are really well set up here for the future and uh I really think if they, like, they could go out and get a goal score, say, say let's just hypothetically say Arizona's out of it by the trade deadline, and, they want it and Colorado overwhelms them for Phil Kessel. They could fit that contract in.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it could be a wild deadline out in the Central. It was a wild deadline last year, the Central. The next team, the Dallas Stars, finished with 93 points, and they got Matt Zuccarello at the deadline. We talked about him going to the Wild, but they went older in a big way. Getting Joe Pavelski, Corey Perry, and Andre Saquera to shore up a team that finished fourth last
0: year. Uh, yeah the uh, the stars the stars got older this year. I I really like the Joe Pavelski signing. I think he still has something in the tank to give. I really think that loss is going to hurt San Jose, but I think Pavelski can come in and kind of stabilize the uh, stabilize the stars. In addition, the stars had the best goaltending in the NHL last year. Ben Bishop and uh, Anton Kudobin were we're great for, we great for the stars. I really just kind of question the Corey Perry signing, but at worst, you know, he'll play a couple minutes, get hurt, and that'll be that. But I think uh, combined with, uh, if, you, if Ben Bishop has another good year, there's no way he's going to put up the numbers he did last year again. But if the rest of the team continues to improve, especially uh, Miro Heiskanen, their young defenseman, he's incredible he's he's got future Norris winner written all over him just as Seth Jones does so it's gonna be fun watching Heishkin grow up here in the uh future I think I think the stars are gonna I think the stars are a playoff team and I think they'll uh I think they'll uh play well this year
3: yeah I think they're they're gonna be a pretty good team I like Pavelski also I mean it seems like he's I mean he's not that old but yeah he's older but yeah I definitely think he brings some leadership and obviously some pretty good scoring opportunity to uh To the stars, it's kind of interesting leaving San Jose. So they'll they'll be meeting each other quite a bit in the regular season. But yeah, talking about the defense. And then, of course, they still have John Klingberg, who he's 27. But he can also light up the lamp a little bit. Had 67 points two years ago. A little bit of a fall off last year, but he also missed 18 games from the year prior. So should be an interesting team Dallas has.
2: Yeah, I think Pavelski will be really good for them and it'll be good for him. I feel like he was getting a little complacent with his play, a little bit dull when he was in these this like last few years with San Jose. So maybe being on a new team will kind of bring some new life into him, and we'll get to see uh, some of the better plays that he used to make when he was younger. And maybe it'll be like a Ryan O'Reilly kind of thing, where being on a new team will just – like shoot them to new levels. but like Ben Bishop and Anton Kadobin, yeah, I mean they're good. they're they're decent. I say that because they're they're both those kind of goalies where it's like, yay, they're doing good. And then all of a sudden, they just have a messy, messy night or a messy season. I I don't know if I would put a lot of trust into that. So that'll be interesting. They, they also aren't great at molding their prospects. So if something does happen to one of their players up top, I, I don't know exactly what they're going to be able to draw from or if they're going to end up just being a, a lot of trading going on at deadline from them.
1: We talked so much about teams in this division where the goaltending is suspect, I think it's the exact opposite case with Dallas. They are very good. They can score. They did not score very much at 5-on-5 last year. That was a big problem for them. One of the reasons they went out and got Pavelski and and Perry. So I think if they fix that, then they're going to be just fine. Moving on, it's still... My brain still refuses to accept saying this. But number three, the defending champion, St. Louis Blues, finished with 99 points. The Blues are Stanley Cup champions, still. I, it's, I, I I still can't make heads or tails of that. Mm.
3: What do we make of the Blues? It's it's interesting because uh, I feel, I mean, we know how tough it is to repeat. So And the Blues were a tale of two seasons. They were literally the worst team in the standings at one point, And then they just get hot. And who knows, Jordy Bennington, um, it'll be nice to see, or interesting to see what he does for an encore because he really solidified the net from Jake Allen, who was iffy and just good or bad and lately bad. So we'll see uh, kind of what Bennington can do. But, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to repeat because, like I said, it's pretty difficult to do that. But, I mean, they didn't really – i don't unless I'm missing somebody, they didn't really lose, like, a huge piece in the offseason. But, uh, yeah, it is kind of weird to, to, to think of them as the, the uh, defending champs.
2: They didn't even lose much in their AHL team either. So I feel like they're just ready to make another go at the cup. Like, I feel like they're already just ready to go and do that. But like you said, it's so hard to repeat. And they had just this special magic last year. And are they going to be able to recreate that? I don't know. And I would love to see Jordan Bennington just run away with it all this year because, he, I mean, he was in the ECHL last year. When we ever we played against him last year in the AHL, I would be like, oh God, we're going to win tonight. <laughs> and then he becomes the Stanley Cup champion goalie. Like, I still can't wrap my mind around it. My brain still can't compute it. So I don't even know how to react to what the Blues may or may not do this season.
1: They only lost one player. And Seeds, I know you know who that was.
0: Pat Maroon.
1: Hometown hero.
0: I I think that is Sneaky, the best signing made of the offseason. And he, of course, went to Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay mm-hmm. could use a presence like a Pat Maroon, a, a veteran. And, you know, I, I I hate harping on these stupid cliches, but when... When Tampa Bay got punched in the mouth in Game One against the Blue Jackets, there was no one in that locker room, coach included, who just like could settle them down. And I, th- I really think Pat Maroon could have been that presence. And I really think he'll he'll actually do some good for Tampa Bay in that in that respect.
3: Yeah, Tampa Bay could use a Stanley Cup uh,
0: presence, huh? <laughs> yeah. That being said, <laughs> I have I have St. Louis as a. I have them as a playoff team. I do. I think I think they're just too talented to miss it. I would feel a lot better about them if they had managed to unload that Jake Allen contract because that's four four million and change of just dead weight of a not good goaltender on their roster. But I don't think, A, they're going to win the Stanley Cup again. I just think there's no way. And I don't think they're going to win the division because... There is absolutely zero way Jordan Bennington put... Because Jordan Bennington only played 32 games in the regular season last year. People might forget that. He only played 32 games. He he put up uh, 1.89 goals against and a 9.27 save percentage. That is in no way sustainable over the course of a regular season. And they're going to be leaning on him to be a starter for 60-odd games this year. I don't think... I just I, I want to see it for more than a tiny thirty game sample size, and then whatever the Blues did in the playoffs. Granted, they won he won them the Stanley Cup, and that was great. But Bennington wasn't all that great in the playoffs. The Blues just kind of scored a lot of goals on the way on the way to winning that Stanley Cup. So I think I think the Blues are fine. I think they'll be in the playoffs. I think they'll be a tough out once they get there. But I just I don't think they're a you know division champion.
1: who finished second, also at 99 points, hope to be a v- division champion, and they've had quite the summer. The Winnipeg Jets lose Jacob Truba, Tyler Myers, Braden Tanev, and maybe Dustin Bufflin as he steps away from the game. They add Neil Pionk and Gabriel Bork. The Jets are kind of a mess right now.
2: Yeah, they're such a mess. It Dustin Bufflin is so underrated on so many levels. I know people look at him, and they're like, oh, he's just this big dude who barrels down the ice, but he's he's a skilled playmaker. He uh, is unafraid to literally take two guys off of a fight and just throw them towards their benches. He is a solid person in the locker room. He's kind of like a dad slash brother, like the cool dad kind of thing. The the Jets are going to miss so much from him. I, I don't even, in this year he was injured, didn't play a full season and still managed to put up 31 points. He consistently has like 45 to 55 points season after season. It It's rare that he even goes below 30 points. I think there was one season he had 28 points and he played maybe half the season, I think. They're just going to miss a lot out of him. I, I feel so bad for the Jets in that sense because they're missing a locker room person. They're going to miss a de- great defender and also a skilled playmaker at the same time. They have a lot of young guys, but, I mean, you just named off all those people who left and <laughs> a lot of them, they weren't horrible, you know, like, it's going to be, it's like a dumpster fire right now. And who knows when it's going to go out for them.
0: I, I completely agree. I think the true trade, they got destroyed on it. Uh, I think, I think their defense is not going to be really great, but, uh, and they still don't have, they still haven't signed Patrick Liney or Kyle Connor. Mm, and, yeah, my, good point. and my, my biggest concern with the jets going forward as uh, the following, the following numbers here, 19 and 31. Last year in the month of November, Patrick Line put up 19 points and 18 goals in 12 games in the month of November. The, re- good. the rest of the cal- the rest of the season, the other the other months of the year, he put up 31 total points. If Patrick Line is actually scoring goals, he's like one of the best players in this NHL. Other nights, if he's if he's not scoring, he's borderline unplayable in this league he he really doesn't pass the puck well he had more he had ten more goals than assists last year and uh has what far more he he's got one hundred and ten goals uh as compared to seventy four assists in his uh career and and that's uh like line line a has a great shot don't don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not discounting his his talent shooting the puck but he he he's i don't know i just know i really don't trust the Winnipeg jets they're my they're my biggest question mark in the NHL this season because, yeah, they finished last year with 99 points, but they needed a lot of help to get there. And they had they ended up trading for a second line center in Paul Stastny. And he just he walked um, the the Jets have. I don't I I don't know what to make of the Jets this year. You you could tell me line a and Connor sign and they they put up 99 points again, or you could tell me Patrick line is holding out for 10 million a year and plays the entire Season in Finland, I I would believe anything about the the Jets right now.
3: So I um I bought high into the Jets uh after their run what two seasons ago when Vegas knocked them out, I believe in the semifinal round. And I thought last year they were my Cup champion over Tampa, and I had Hellebuck winning the Vezina and Connor Hellebuck had an okay year. I mean he was he was pretty good, but he wasn't kind of what I expected out of him last year. Uh, you're right, Linea, just kind of, I don't know if it was usage or what, he fell off, and then, but I still like that, you know, they have Blake Wheeler, Mark Scheifele, Scheifele. of course, you know, like you said, truba has gone, but their window probably is closing already, of course, with all these, all the off-season people leaving and not being re-signed yet, and even if Linea is brought back. It's like what do you expect out of him? So, I could see them maybe being a bubble playoff team, maybe slightly better than that or just missing altogether. They're a mess.
1: I'm going to I'm going to just circle back with what I said originally, they're a mess. bufflin God bless him, he's taken a lot of hits over the years and needs to step away for mental refresh, physical refresh. And who knows what's going to happen with Lane, but this division is so strong as we talked about up and down that Can't really afford to take a big step back. Which brings us to our final team, the division winner last year with 100 points, the Nashville Predators. Nashville had the worst power play in the entire league. To fix that, they add Matthew Shane. Hang on, let me pour one out. (laughs) Pour one out for Matthew Shane. The biggest surprise of the offseason, Matthew Shane going to the National Predators. Also Steven Santini, Daniel Carr, but they do lose PK Subban, Wayne
0: Simmons, Brian Boyle, Zach Ronaldo.
1: Where do we see the Preds?
0: I see the Preds in the upper echelon of this division. Um they they just have too much talent, especially on that blue line, not to, you know, Roman Yossi, Matias Eckholm. Those guys are those guys are too good. Uh then you've got Ryan Johansson up front. You've got Matt Duchesne. That's one of the that's Neither neither of them are a true number one center. I don't think in the NHL. Certainly not on the level of guys you see across the league. You know, Nick Nick Backstrom, Steven Stamkos, etc. Patrice Bergeron. But that tandem can be like a one A one B type situation. I think that gives them a really dangerous mix down the uh, down the center, and then. I, I just think that I think the Predators are talented enough. My biggest question uh, surrounding the Predators surrounds um, Pekka Rene. He's, he's really getting up there in age. And uh, at some point, it's going to kind of behoove the the National Predators to turn the keys over to Yusei Saros and kind of flip, the, flip that dynamic and make, uh, make Rene the, the backup, you know, the 1B starter, you know, give Rene... 35 games a year and Soros fifty-seven.
2: Yeah. The Preds are the kind of team that I often forget about during the season. I don't know why. They're every time we end up playing them, I'm like, oh yeah, the Preds, they're good. That's a thing. I but Soros is so good and he's been ready for years. I mean, the monsters had to play against him constantly with uh, against the admirals milwaukee admirals and i was constantly astounded by the way he played he is he tends it's also his mental play is he's pretty solid there he doesn't break easy and if he does he ends up bouncing back either that game or the next night he definitely doesn't take it with him into the future so i i think maybe giving him that shot as the starter and playing more games would be so much would be beneficial to them in the long run, maybe not this season, but even for next year, because like you said, Renee's he's getting older and there's only so many times he's going to be able to make those dazzling saves before he gets hurt. <laughs> I I actually don't think losing Suban is uh, as big of a hit as I thought it was in the beginning. He, he played well with the team, but I don't think it was the same kind of, uh, chemistry he had with with Montreal in the beginning of his career and I think maybe him being in New Jersey he'll be allowed to get back that kind of pain in the butt style play that he used to have when he was younger but Matt Shane is going to be the guy that really takes their team to the next level and I wouldn't be surprised if he helps lead them to a, a Stanley Cup appearance but I mean, we'll see. I, I have a lot of high hopes for the Preds, but I'm sure I'll forget about them halfway through the
3: season. So I do think Nashville will be among the top three, I think, I want to say, in the Central. Um, Yeah, who's he? So Saros, he has seen his amount of games increase a little bit, in fact, by five games over the last three years. So he played in 31 last year, or I should say he appeared in 31 games and made 27 starts. But... um. I don't know. Rene did so mentioning uh, how I had uh, Hellebuck as my Vezina winner going into last season. Rene was the winner the year prior, and he did fall off a little bit, but still pretty good. And if he were to miss some starts, whether because of injury or maybe because Saros is playing hot, I feel like I, th- I still feel like R- Rene is pretty solid. And I think he just signed that big extension, right? Going into was the last season going going forward. Yeah, as far as the rest of the team, they should be pretty solid offensively and on the blue line. They always seem to be solid on the blue line. Um, and I think, obviously, the, the Shane acquisition, I mean, obviously, he had Nashville on, on his mind for Mormon hockey reasons. I mean, he just loves Nashville, the city. And even if they technically overpaid a little bit, it should be a pretty solid addition for them, for the two, really. I don't know if I would have them winning that central yet or not. I haven't really thought about my predictions yet, but I think Nashville, I think this is, they're also in that window. They've been trying to bang the door down on the Stanley Cup, and whether or not that's this year, they're at least going to have a pretty good shot at it. I think, we'll go around
1: and do predicted order of finish in a second, but I think the Predators are so strong. At center. You have Duchesne and Johansson and Kyle Turris and Nick Benino, and they even got Mikhail Granland from the wild who played some center last year. If they need him to do that, I think they're so strong down the middle. That blue line's so good. And Pecorini's still Pecorini and then you have Soros. I, I I think I'll tell you right now, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll start with the pretty order of finish for me. I have the Predators winning that division. And honestly, I've called it for years. It hasn't happened. I'm, I'm putting it down. Predators going to win the cup. Right now, saying it, Predators are winning the cup. They're winning the division. Avs, Stars, Blues, Jets, Wild, and just because, Blackhawks at number seven. So th- th- that's, that's my seven. Preds, Avs, Stars, Blues, Jets, Wild, Blackhawks. Going around the room, what do you got?
0: Yeah, so uh as I mentioned earlier, I've got the Colorado Avalanche winning this division. I've got Nashville second, St. Louis third, I've got the Dallas Stars fourth in a wild card spot, and I've got the Winnipeg Jets fifth in a wild card spot. I think the Central once again sends five teams to the playoffs. Then I've got uh Chicago sixth and Minnesota seventh. I I just I can't I can't myself get to a spot where either of those teams make the playoffs. I think both have too many weaknesses, but yeah. I think this is the uh I think this is the year where we have a changing of the guard in the Central and the Colorado Avalanche those plucky upstarts that were once a uh, 48 point team coached by Patrick Waugh, finally uh finally make the leap and uh take control of the Central Division. I I've got I've got really really high hopes for the Colorado Avalanche this season.
1: And I'm just going to thank you for for reminding me. I did not pick my playoff finishers i'm going to say preds Avs, stars blues i'm going to say jets wild blackhawks miss and you're right this was a team coached by joe sakic the colorado avalanche was and they needed a coach from the cleveland monsters to you say win the division which brings us to elaine
2: okay so number one the abs <laughs> um, of course, of course. <laughs> and then the preds at number two um that doesn't mean i don't think that I think they're going to go deep in the playoffs, the Preds. I just feel leery of putting anyone that I think is going to go deep in the playoffs is number one, because it never seems to work out often. (laughs) The Blues are third. The Stars are four. And then my five, six, and seven, number six is the Wild, and I just have them staying there. I have the Jets at five, but that's – if Bufflin decides to come back, if not, he goes, they go to six or maybe even seven. And then the last place, it just like pains me to say. And if anyone from my hometown of Lyons, Illinois, is listening, please do not hate my guts. <laughs> but the Blackhawks last. I just, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in them this year. But I also didn't have confidence in the Cubs the year. That they won the what? World Series, not that on the beginning. Oh my god! In <laughs> the right. off season, I wasn't sure. Okay, so anyone in Chicago who I grew up with, please don't be mad at me. I still love the team, but I don't think they're going to be playoff contender in any way, shape, or form.
3: Okay, first of all, real fast, everybody knew that the Cubs were going to have a legit shot in '16. Anyway, my playoff. There's a for thing the called the Division. curse, Will no no that no, was fine so anyway i have nashville winning the central i like that team if like i said i think this is one of their last shots in their window to win it colorado second blues third because i think the blues still have a pretty solid their they're solid core from last year dallas fourth those are my top four in the playoffs in that division and then i have hawks jets wild i think elaine made a good point if bufflin doesn't come back that really hurts them if he comes back i think they're still pretty solid and of course they still need to Bring back Connor in line A. But anyway, and then the Wild, like I said, last place, because you said it before, I think with Seeds mentioning uh, Dubnik in net. If he can't be, he, he would have to go back to being like what he was, carrying that team, and then they just get enough offensively. But I had the Blackhawks. I think they're a bubble team. They could make it. I think they're going to, at least in this scenario, I have them finishing fifth and just missing it.
1: All right, we are just about out of time. Let's do a lightning round edition of Final Thoughts.
0: All right, I've got, uh, I guess I've got two real quick lightning final thoughts. The first, anyone in Columbus who uh, loves the Columbus crew, love that we save the crew. The crew are doing a groundbreaking ceremony for their uh, for their new stadium down in the short north, on or down in the arena district on October 10th. Any It is open to the public. Anyone is welcome and encouraged to go. My second final, my second lightning quick final thought is Aaron Donald is a god walking among humans, and uh, go Rams.
3: All right, so I'll go real fast. Um, I just want to say that this podcast has been awesome. Ryan does a great job editing it, all the countless hours every night when we're done recording, all the time he puts into it. And also, just to remind everybody out there to rate us on iTunes, we appreciate you listening. Uh, that's all I've got. I
2: have two final thoughts. Just like seeds. <laughs> um, training camp for the monsters starts Tuesday, and all the practices are open to the public. They are at OBM in Strongsville, Ohio. Uh, they're always really fun to watch. I am interested in seeing how Coach Ease does practices, although I won't be able to get there till next Tuesday on the first. Um, also, I find I met Will finally. If it- he was all right. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was fun to finally meet one of the Canon cast or Canon members. That was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a good time. Um, he thinks I make cat noises, but whatever. Yeah. And well, so, so all that's left to meet is <laughs> El Polito and Ryan. So Ryan, when are you free next?
1: Um, <laughs> I'm around. <laughs> uh. <laughs> The next time he, I get he so has to go make early. plans
3: <laughs> Ryan's got to make plans now to <laughs> be busy uh, no
1: my my final thought is I was just going to echo Will uh, not about me being awesome <laughs> I don't want to echo that part but do rate us please rate us and leave us a review on iTunes that makes a really big difference in getting the word out about our podcast we are going to hang it up for this one our theme music is Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin Moons check out her new album 430 You can find out more about her at AngelaPearley.com. As always, we welcome your comments and questions. You can tweet at us, CBJCanon, and comment on JacketsCanon.com. From all of us at the Canon, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.